630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Just chatting with Morley Scott. He's getting ready to have Jason Moss in studio for the weekly Eskimos Coaches Show. You will hear that from 7.30 to 8. One week from today, Labor Day Monday, you will hear the Eskimos at the Stampeders. 11.30 in the morning for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 1. The Stampeders just one loss on the season. The Eskimos now 6-4 and four after dropping that game in Hamilton on Thursday. You can text 6.30, 6.30. Uh, Nolan says Connor McDavid without getting hurt can maybe hit 115 or more points if he gets some wingers. And Gary says for the Oilers to score on the power play, the refs have to call penalties at both ends of the ice. Well, Gary, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to complain about the officiating because, uh, last is last. And if you have, uh, I guess if you got more power play opportunities, you'd have more goals. But 14.8% is 14.8%. And that stinks on the power play. And that was last in the NHL. So uh, I guess if you had more power plays and the worst percentage, you would still uh, physically have a greater quantity of goals. But uh, I think I got to pin the power play stat on the Oilers and, and not on the referees. That was horrid last season. Down from ninth in 16 17 all the way to the basement. Well, they made history. Speaking of the Cleveland Spiders making history, the Oilers made history as the first team ever to finish 31st on the power play because it was the first team in first year ever the league had 31 teams. All right. Uh, 630-630 is the text line. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can email insidesports at 630chad.com. We uh, got a little theme here with the defending champs. We had Ben Raby on out of Washington. And now we're going to go to Philadelphia. Rob Motti covers the Philadelphia Eagles, and he has a new book out about their Super Bowl season called Birds of Prey. Rob, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for checking in tonight. And uh, before we we dive into the new book you have coming out, uh, you cover the Philadelphia Eagles. So I got to ask you, Rob, preseason football, Cleveland 5, Philadelphia nothing. No, I am not reading a score from when the Cleveland Barons were in the NHL. That's actually an NFL score. (laughs) You got to tell people what it was like watching that game, Rob. It's hard to do. It's hard to watch that game, and it's hard to do for the players to go through a 5 nothing game in the NFL, especially in preseason with all the uh, uh, guys who are fighting for roster spots. You would think somebody would make a mistake and it would be taken to the house. But uh, from the Eagles' perspective, a lot of people in Philly have expressed some concern with Nick Foles now that he's going 14 drives leading the uh, starting offense, and they haven't scored a point in the preseason, and they're not going to play in the fourth preseason game. But I tell everybody to relax. It's only preseason. Half the starters aren't out there yet. Uh, Three of the running backs, the top three, didn't play in that game. None of the starting receivers played in that game. One of the offensive linemen was missing. There's no game plan 
Uh, meanwhile, you have a defense that's trying to win. They're stunning and, and they're blitzing and doing all those things. So it, 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 there's, there's no reason for Eagles fans to be concerned, but I think that's the nature of a fan. They do get concerned even after a preseason game. I tell them, and I spent about eight hours uh, on the radio over the weekend hosting shows and, and trying to tell people, hey, the last time Nick Foles played a meaningful game, he won the Super Bowl. So until he does anything bad in a meaningful game, I think you got to cut him some slack. Well, see, I was going to ask you that as well, Rob, because I got to interview a couple guys uh, who do radio shows in Philadelphia during their their run to the Super Bowl, and you know, I know, I know, they said, well, this if they win the Super Bowl, that's going to be the story, even if the Sixers go on a run or the Flyers, and the fans, the Eagles fans, should be happy for the rest of the year. But I guess now that doesn't it's not quite that easy, right? Now that the new season's starting, but should shouldn't they be happy? Shouldn't this buy the Eagles a couple? years of goodwill with the fan base guess not eh you know i try to convince people that i try and tell them hey you were dying you were desperate you were starving for a championship you got your title you got it and, and i think they they were calm over the summer they were relaxed they were uh sitting back and basking in the glory of winning a super bowl for the first time in franchise history and then preseason started and I, and I think everybody's on to let's try and repeat let's try and turn this into a dynasty and be like the Patriots it's one thing for the players to feel that way which they should and the organization uh, I don't know how much slack the fans are going to cut them uh, I, I haven't seen much of it Okay, well, the, they're going to be fun to watch. And uh, you got a book uh, out, just came out last week. And uh, Rob Motti joining us on Inside Sports. It is Birds of Prey. And uh, what's interesting about this, it is P-R-A-Y, Birds of Prey. The story of the Philadelphia Eagles' faith, brotherhood, and Super Bowl victory. So you took a little bit of a different uh, attack with this book, Rob. Uh, I usually start with this question when, when someone comes on with a book. What was, what was the seed of this book? What was the first little idea? idea that, that made you think, hmm, I wonder if there might be a bigger story to tell here. Uh, I host a show in Philadelphia on 610 ESPN Radio, and people can listen to it on iTunes and on the website called Faith on the Field Show, um, and it's faithonthefieldshow.com. And I interviewed a lot of these players, and, and, and I was struck by the number of Eagles players who are uh, devout Christians, who are followers, who are believers in Christ, and, and that's really what the true story is about the 2017 Eagles. These are guys who uh, came together uh, because of their faith. They had this special brotherhood, uh, a strong camaraderie, and I've covered teams in Philadelphia for 19 years now for AP, and I've never seen a team that was closer-knit, that had more brotherhood, that had more common uh, togetherness than these guys, and it allowed them to overcome so much adversity that they had last year, one injury after another, ultimately losing their starting quarterback, who may have been the NFL's MVP if he didn't get hurt. And it was the fact that they were able to rally around each other, and, and the common bond was their faith. And it, it's the Bible studies that they do together, the devotionals that they do together, the fellowship time. They, they genuinely love each other. And I'm not saying there's a locker room full of guys who have the same beliefs, but it, it, it infiltrates everywhere. And, and that's how you see guys come in here and come to Philly and buy into this team-first attitude. They didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver last year. They didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher last year. Doug Peterson emphasized this is all about the team. No matter how we win, we spread the ball around, whatever we have to do to win. And guys can come here and see that 
and accept it because when they have leaders on the team who put God first, then it becomes easier to put team first. And, and that's really what I felt told the story, the true story. You, you can't write about the 2017 Eagles and overlook their faith. Well, that's an interesting angle to take, Rob. And look, it, it, there's, it's, it's obviously nothing new for, for an athlete to mention his or her faith in an interview or in terms of their, their inspiration. But I got I to gotta ask you from this angle, football is a, a football team is a big organization, right? You got 60, 70, 80 players and, and coaches and trainers all meshed together. And I'll let you expand on it, but I'm sure there might have been guys on the Eagles who thought, uh, you know, hey, that's cool, but that's not for me, or you know, I don't, I don't worship or believe the same way you do. How did, how did that sort of all gel together? Because I'm sure everybody, you know, you know like I mentioned, there's there's different beliefs and maybe different uh, levels of commitment to those beliefs. Yeah, I think the number one thing that the guys stressed was. Uh, inclusivity. It wasn't an exclusive club. You didn't have just the Christian players mingling together, hanging out in a corner. Uh, they they were part of everything in that locker room, whether they were believers, non-believers, whoever they were. And, and what they didn't do was try and force their beliefs uh, onto anyone else. Uh, they They were very open to sharing they were very willing to be uh, to use the platform that they have and that's what made them unique is that they were willing to use the platform uh, on social media and, and to do interviews like they did on my show and other and other avenues like that but within that locker room um, the number one thing they wanted to do was show love to teammates and and if other people in the locker room saw if a player saw another guy and, and, and wanted to open up and ask about faith and they were more than willing to talk to him about it but they never forced it on anybody and that's what really helped them uh get to certain points where there were some difficulties and, and and you know what happened with the white house visit and the anthem stuff and you never saw any division on this team there was none they were completely unified and and, and when you have guys who walk their talk. See, these aren't guys who just profess to have these beliefs and, and use it for a show or put it out there as this is who I am or this is what I pretend to be and, and that's not really... They walk their talk and they back it up, whether it's work in the community, whether it's, it, it's comes down to how they live their life on a daily basis. And when someone sees a player like Carson Wentz go through an injury like he did and hear questions from people say, hey, how's he going to react now? This is a man who wears his faith on his sleeve, who puts it out there. And, and how does God allow this to happen to a player who is so loyal as a disciple? It was so important that the very next day after that devastating injury, Carson Wentz puts out a video on social media saying, uh, although I'm disappointed in what happened, uh, my faith hasn't wavered. I understand that God's got a different plan for me now, and, I, and I'm going to be faithful uh, to it. And, and when people see that, whether they're in the locker room or fans watching or skeptical media or whatever, you say, hey, this is, these guys really back it up with, with how they live their lives. You know, Rob, I, I got to say, from what the story you're telling me, and you know, I've I've covered several teams over my career as well. It, it, it seems it just seems like last year's Eagles they were just way more open about it and 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 took it to a different level uh, than than other teams might have in the past. Is is that fair? Is that what you observed too? 
Yeah, and I started to see that read in 2016. Even though they weren't successful on the field that season, in 2016 was Carson Wentz's first year, and they ended up finishing 7-9 and nine that year. But in October of 2016, uh, Trey Burton, who ended up throwing that touchdown pass to Nick Foles on probably the greatest trick play in sports in the Super Bowl, he, along with the team, uh, team chaplain, Pastor Ted Winsley, baptized five players in the cold tub at the team's practice facility. Uh, and I took notice of that, and, and I was like, there's something special building here. They, they haven't quite figured it out on the field yet. They haven't developed into champions yet on the field. But I could tell that something special was, was happening, and then they carried that over into the 2017 season, and they have a great start. And then there's a Thursday night where they're playing the Carolina Panthers on uh, national television primetime game. And the night before, they baptized another player in the team hotel pool. And it's just special, unique things like that that kind of set them apart from other teams that I've seen. We know there's been tons of Christian athletes in sports and guys who who were very open and and professed it on a a national stage, like Kurt Warner, Russell Wilson, Reggie White before them, um, Tim Tebow. But for, for whatever reason, these guys uh, all come together, and young guys, too. We're not talking about veteran players. There's some veteran players mixed in there, but a lot of them are younger guys, early 20s, mid-20s, and to see that, it's a special, special thing. Well, Rob, th- this book sounds really interesting, a very unique behind-the-scenes look. Again, it's called Birds of Prey, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles' faith, brotherhood, and Super Bowl victory. Thanks for uh, introducing us to the book, and obviously people uh, can grab a copy if they like. And, uh, Rob, thanks for coming on, and I'm going to make you this promise. If there's a 5 nothing game in the regular season, uh, you're definitely coming on my first show after that game. That that fair? <laughs> no doubt. You got it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Right on. That is Rob Motti checking in tonight, uh, as he mentioned, covering Philadelphia sports for almost two decades. And that's a very uh, interesting take on the Eagles season, uh, a book focused on uh, the uh, the team's Christianity and their uh, dedication to, uh, to to their religion. And, and as, as he mentioned, there have been a lot of uh, religious act- uh, athletes in history, whether they're Christian or, or others, and uh, as I'm sure you've heard on this show and other interviews, there are athletes who uh, share their uh, how their religion has helped them in their lives. But uh, Rob, in this book, saying it took on an increased importance with the Philadelphia Eagles, and his take is it actually helped them win uh, the Super Bowl. Pretty interesting stuff there from Rob. Again, it is called Birds of Prey, P-R-A-Y, the story of the Philadelphia Eagles' faith, brotherhood, and Super Bowl victory. The Blue Jays trailing the Orioles 4-0. That game in the bottom of the seventh, Kendris Morales 0-2 with a walk. He was issued an intentional walk the last time he was up. He is trying to tie a major league record by hitting a home run in his eighth consecutive game, but time running out for him to do that. Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss coming up at the bottom of the hour. Morley Scott will step in after the break. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, well, oil pen tech.
texting in tonight. He goes, I wonder if Coach Moss will talk about penalties versus Hamilton. Penalties? Oil 10, uh, ready for the coaches show coming up. It was actually a little better better on... uh, What was it, eight accepted penalties? I think there was 11 overall. Yeah, eight for 65, I think it was. I I noticed on the website, and I I wish they wouldn't do this, they only only list the accepted penalties. Mm -hmm. I think they should list every flag. Because, you know, you could be going offside all the time, but give it, but if you give up more than five yards, it'll be declined. But yeah. you still committed that infraction if, and made a made a mistake. If you give if you go offside and the other team still gets ten point ten yards, is it still a penalty? I mean, you know what I mean? No, but the yards weren't accepted. I'm saying the flag was yeah, thrown. No, so it'd be one penalty saying. for zero yards. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but it's not much of a penalty, right? And is it is it really a penalty if if they they're yeah, if they still gained on yeah, it? I so. guess, but yeah. yeah, I'm just saying it should, it should saying, count yeah. decline penalties. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I guess. They do in the official stats. They tell you how yeah, many it's penalties different than, and yeah. how many were accepted, right? Yes, but which uh, I which I like better. But they actually they did the most of the penalties were in the first quarter. Yeah, against Hamilton. Early, the, the, the worst half. one, uh, worst one I thought, and uh, we'll talk to the coach about it, that one probably was that in the first series, right? J.C. Sherrod gets the interception. Yeah, and uh, you they talk, get they get a it was a small game. It was but it turned like a, a second and well, five into it, a well, first and fifteen. Right, it took them out of field goal range. Yep. And then they lost by a point. So all little things like Do that. You never know that's, where the where the play is going to be. Yeah. And then and that's those are the ones where you know the late hits. And and I understand. Like I, I said to Blake earlier in the season, I said, well, sometimes the guy's going to go offside, and Blake was kind of like, just watch the ball and don't move. <laughs> but I mean, you can't ex- the, the, the the defensive line at some point in the season will go offside, it's even funny, the best I- defensive lineman. But if but when you take the fifteen yard rough play after the whistle, yeah, those are terrible. I mean, it's not hockey. You can't fight. You're not mm-hmm. going to goad the other guy yeah. into a fight and yeah. take him off the field. Yeah. You're only putting yourself at risk. So yeah, those absolutely. are kind of head scratchers. It's funny you mentioned that about the the offside penalties. I remember last year I, I asked uh, Jason Moss on the coach's show about you know with the guys they have and I and I said is that kind of the good with the bad that you take with those great defensive linemen because they got the great twitch and the get off and once in a while they're going to be a little fast and he said no they got to stay onside. It's their job to stay onside. Yeah. Uh, so you can't really accept those penalties and, and it's, a, it's a mental thing right so just make sure as you say like Blake said when the ball moves you move yeah and they're so like they try to time it so well too some of them are so good at it you know I've seen offside penalties and I watch it on TV and I try to slow it down so I wow the ball did move he got off fast right? yeah so, but sometimes yeah. it's just a little quick that was a, I mean that was a, that was a tough one I know you guys uh, had a, a lot of calls and texts after the game I wound up doing some open line on uh, on fr- on Friday and the sense uh, and you know what I'm like Morley we, we hear from so many people so I hate to generalize mm-hmm. because whenever I say well the sense I get from fans I know there's always one man or woman says, well wait a minute I don't feel that way Reed what are you talking about so I'm just gonna say I feel like there's a significant number of fans who might think well six and four is a, a decent record you know mm-hmm. fine but I think it's the way they've lost a couple of the games where yeah. there's the sense that they've they've given them away or they've gone a long stretch of a game without being very productive and yeah. then like I like they I could said, be they could be eight and two yeah and like I said Monday after could the game be for first place kick, kick a field goal in the second yeah. half you win yeah heck not even kick a field goal get a couple more first downs Hamilton runs out of time yeah that exactly right so yeah. yeah but instead it's just you know the 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 
either the mistakes or the lack of playmaking has just piled up for yeah. long stretches the, of the game. The 60-minute performance has not been there. And I, I don't like saying 60-minute effort because I believe if you're a pro athlete, you're pretty much trying all the time. You have yeah. to try yeah, or, the other or you're going to get hurt. Yeah. But they just haven't been productive. They haven't had the consistent good play for 60 minutes. So I don't. It's hard to imagine a game this year. I have to go back and look at a few of them. I'm sure there's one or two, but for the most part, you can always pick out a quarter here or a quarter there yeah. where they haven't done what they need to and do. That's, and that's... You know, I mean, you're going to lose a quarter. Yeah, but, absolutely. Hey, but, there's another team on the it, field, don't right? Don't lose it 14-0. Lose yeah. it 7-3. Yeah. And you're still hanging around in the game. Although Hamilton lost a quarter 24-0. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, that was uh, that was rare by Strange the Strange uh, circumstances, indeed. Yeah. The, the, West is, uh, the West is interesting. I think there's Calgary and then four teams you don't really know what to expect from. And uh, the Eskimos... Two with Calgary, two with Winnipeg, one with Saskatchewan, and they still play BC Amongst, again. Yeah, Boy, it's tough break well, for yeah. BC with Arsenal yeah. out. Yeah, no, they're they're I, they're they're the they're the worst out of the yeah. five. They'll they'll be the team that misses the playoffs. Now you just got to wonder how good is Toronto going to be? Yeah. Will there be a crossover? And Saskatchewan's looking good with Caleros back, but but again, can they can they keep that going? Jason Moss is going to join Morley in studio. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm back tomorrow at six with more Inside Sports. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.